This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, today we are coming to you live from the park. Social distancing. We're back. No longer in the basement. Uh, Yesterday, there was only seven new cases of COVID. Right. And uh, yeah, we felt confident enough to meet up at Dude Chillin Park. We are at, uh, actually, formerly known as Guelph Park, uh, but currently known as Dude Chilling Park, partly because, well, there's a couple reasons. One, there is a log that looks like a dude chilling. Is that okay? I didn't. I didn't know that part of the yeah, story. <laughs> there's, it's okay. So we're, we're in Mount Pleasant. There's a there's a log that looks like it's relaxing on the grass. Uh, it looks like a dude chilling. So an artist came. This is, I think, the story. An artist came in the middle of the night and swapped out the Vancouver Guelph Park sign for a sign that read "Dude Chilling Park." The city came back and changed it back to Guelph Park. Everybody in the area protested. The city folded, renamed the park to Chilling Park. I think I think that's what happened. And then they and erected the Guelph a family sign. is just devastated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Peter Guelph cannot believe it. Uh, I have no idea who it actually is. But uh, you were saying, actually, speaking of this parks. This reminds but- me, yeah, because you were just telling me the story that uh, I, I remember hearing a long time ago. But it, rem- it reminds me of. Uh, near my house, uh, a park getting its name changed. Also, uh, citizens advocating strongly <laughs> and yeah. making change. Uh, Templeton Park and Pool, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know this. kept getting the sign, the L erased from pool. And it was, I'd walk by. Super mature. 
So I'd walk by. How were you? Again. How were you doing it? <laughs> no, but it was really well done. Like whoever yeah. was doing it was taking the time, and they'd come back and put Templeton Park and pool back, and it yeah. would be gone. Like within days, it would be, it would, the L would be gone, and yeah. finally the city relented and changed it to uh, Templeton Park and Aquatic Center. Yeah, well, that's, that's 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 one way to deal with that. I remember actually a friend of ours growing up had a swimming pool, and his dad was really proud of the sign. Oh Wel- yeah, welcome yeah, yeah. to the Ool. Notice there's no P in it. Let's keep it <laughs> pretty, that way. Pretty pretty, pretty good. Sign. Pretty good. <laughs> I, I was uh, famous for adding a P to that sign, <laughs> just to really ruin the joke. But uh, uh, anyways, we've got a fantastic show today. We've got Ross Soward. He is from the city of Kelowna. I'm super excited to have Ross on the show today. This was kind of inspired by uh, the chief city planner, Gil Kelly's episode, talking about cities uh, and where they're at, how they're changing, what they're looking for in the future. And, you know, we talk to a lot of people about Kelowna. We spend a lot of time talking about projects in Kelowna and how dramatically that city's changed. So it's great to have Ross on the show uh, basically talking about where the city's at, where it's headed. And uh, I'd say Kelowna's still one of the most exciting places in BC. This is a phenomenal episode if you are somebody who's considering an investment in Kelowna, I think, and then also just somebody kind of monitoring this market. Like the economy is very strong in Kelowna. It's changing very quickly. And uh, it, demographics, a lot of young people in Kelowna. Just feels like a, after you talk to Ross, for sure, you feel like you're in a city that's uh, that's transitioning rapidly. Well, and transitioning kind of towards that urban environment uh, in a way that Kelowna definitely wasn't a couple couple years ago definitely did not have that feel so yeah stay tuned for our talk with ross here and what else do we got before we move on to that talk adam well matt this is uh probably the last week maybe one or two more weeks that here that we're going to be calling for applications we are hiring at the vancouver real estate podcast and scalina real estate we're looking for licensed agents um, we are also looking for unlicensed assistants so if you do or or aspiring licensees so maybe some, somebody in the course somebody in the course That's and we've exactly had some right. fantastic applications um, we are getting to the point that we're uh, we're going to be moving on to making a, a selection here pretty soon so if you are interested or if you know anybody that would would be interested send a resume to info at vancouver real estate podcast.com this is one of the best places to work in the city. If you want to work the country, <laughs> they, they, uh, if you want to work on a thriving top producing real estate team uh, with top producing agents, this is an absolute great place to uh, to join and to work and uh, just ask secret wherever the hell he is. <laughs> yeah, you can find them. Great, great place to learn. Not to not to uh, toot our own horn, but if you're looking to learn, I'd say it's a, a very, very good environment for that, too. Speaking of learning. Yes. We are sponsored today by Oakland Realty. This place, the culture, phenomenal. So many educational resources. Uh, Oakland University. They're also doing weekly uh, Zoom courses right now. Great place to work. We're sponsored by Oakland. If you want to learn more about this brokerage, whether you're a seasoned agent looking to make a change or you're a new agent looking for a brokerage, there is no better place to be. Head over to Oakwin slash join. No, no, Oakwin.com slash join. Ooh, my bad. Oakwin.com slash join. And there's a code. You type in VRP2020. That's VRP2020. 
and uh, you'll get that big surprise. Sounds like VRAP, but it's VRP 2020. I'm sure if you add the VRAP, though, you'll probably still get the big surprise, Matt. And it is a huge surprise. Definitely worth sitting down with these guys. Best brokerage in the city. And quickly, um, we've also got the sponsor, uh, Ramey from RameyFilms.com. We can't wait to get back in the studio with Ramey now that this is uh, relaxing. Uh, hopefully, soon enough, we'll be back at the Bento Box. But Matt, maybe without further ado, let's cut to our interview with Ross Sauer. Enjoy. Okay, so we're here with Ross Soward, Manager, Long Range Policy Planning at the City of Kelowna. Thanks for coming on, Ross. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Ross, can you maybe start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so I live in Kelowna now, uh, but uh, grew up in Victoria and uh, did my undergrad in, in Victoria at UVic and Spent uh, then spent about seven years on the East Coast in Halifax and uh, studied uh, studied urban planning out there and kind of yeah kind of bounced around a little bit in terms of seeing the different parts of Canada and uh, and then kind of for the last five years I've been back in BC living in uh, in Kelowna and working with the city of Kelowna here and their <clears throat> long range planning department and uh, doing uh, sort of urban center planning type work and long range planning work and uh, some housing related work as well. And so, yeah, I kind of had, had, have had a nice uh, experience here living in Kelowna and wasn't super familiar with the region beforehand, but uh, have had a nice, it's been, been good to my wife and I in terms of, you know, having a good quality life here and kind of moving here and being pleasantly surprised by the, the Okanagan and, uh, and the city of Kelowna. And access to great wines. Absolutely, which is uh, increasingly important. <laughs> the the uh, it, it sounds like you're. I guess two two thoughts there. One is it seems like you're you've been kind of mid mid uh, level cities primarily, right? Like Victoria to to Halifax to Kelowna, um, and and were you surprised at how quickly Kelowna seems to be changing since you've been there? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, <clears throat> moving from Victoria and Halifax, I think, especially, you know, at the time that I was in, in Halifax from kind of 2000 and, uh, 2007 to kind of 2014, uh, wasn't necessarily like the, the boom times of, uh, of, of the Maritimes in Halifax. I think it's in the last five years, it's actually been, been growing a lot more quickly. Um, but to come to Kelowna, I feel like just the, you know, the level of transformation I've seen in you know, the four or five years since I've moved here and, and just in like the downtown, for example, the number of new projects that have gone from an idea to occupancy in that amount of time is pretty incredible. And then, you know, at the same time, a fair bit of, you know, public investment in terms of, you know, parks and bike lanes and projects uh, that are kind of all happening at the same time. So it's, it's a pretty, I think, a unique city in that regard in terms of just like kind of the transformation happens before your eyes. And especially from someone who works kind of more in long range planning, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty unique to be able to kind of see that. And, you know, often people working in long range planning, it's like, 
you work on a plan and then, you know, maybe by the end of the career, you see some of that kind of come, come to be or get realized. But I think within Kelowna, the, uh, certainly the experience has been since I moved here in kind of 20, late 2014, 2015, the, really the pace of change is, is pretty rapid. So, uh, you know, coming from the Maritimes, it was, you know, it was a, there's a lot of plotting along in terms of uh, projects that would move forward and I mean, a lot of consternation, but certainly in Kelowna, I think uh, there's a bit more of a, a pro development kind of attitude here. And I think, you know, that, that has, uh, has been to its advantage in terms of really helping to allow for this last sort of boom to really push the city forward quite a bit. Right. It does seem like Kelowna is, uh, you know, we've talked to quite a few people. Um, Mission Group, for for example, is, is one we've, uh, a developer there that we've talked to a lot. But it does seem like there is some, uh, it's, it's similar to Vancouver in, in the way that in three to five years, it feels like, you know, in other cities, what takes 15 to 20 years is accomplished, at least in this last kind of kind of boom here. So it's an exciting place to work, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think because it is such a young city as well, and and um, you know, really, there isn't that sort of same kind of established, um, you know, heritage buildings or you know, old building stock. It's you know, a lot of the stuff that uh, a lot of the areas that are being developed. I mean, either a you know, vacant or undeveloped land, or you know, buildings that you know aren't it's not like some beautiful old heritage building from turn of the century, like you might see in a Victoria or a Halifax or something like that. Um, you know, so it allows a little bit more kind of transformation more quickly. And, uh, and, and at the same time, there's been the, the population growth to, to sustain that and to, to kind of drive that, that kind of change in investment, to, you know, especially, uh, you know, since kind of 20, 2015, uh, over that period of time, 2015 to 2020, really, I think just that was a real big kind of wave of population growth and uh, investment, and uh, and you know I think the city's benefited from that uh, considerably. In just thinking about um, your role at the city of Kelowna, Ross, what what really currently kind of excites you about the the future of the city? It's a good question. I think the um, the pace, the pace of change is interesting for sure. I mean, uh, you know, I often you will know, go for you know walk in the evening or something like that with my wife, and you know, walking through the downtown, I'll see a bunch of buildings that weren't there when I kind of first moved here, and I think you know, all in all, they're they're contributing to a much more interesting and kind of exciting downtown. Um, so I think, you know, the, the downtown within Kelowna, I think has really started to kind of turn the corner and maybe hit, hit a bit of that kind of tipping point where you you're starting to see the kind of more people living downtown. You're starting to see the, uh, the offerings in terms of, you know, restaurants and cafes and more independent, uh, shops and stuff like that starting to, to kind of blossom a little bit more and starting to be a little bit that, you know, that, you know, that that story that we like to, you know, spin and tell as planners in terms of the kind of live, work, play, I think, you know, I think it's starting to, you know, come to be in, in the downtown. So I think excited to see, you know, maybe how uh, over the next, you know, five, 10, 15 years, how that could start to happen within some other kind of pockets within Kelowna. And, uh, and so that it, that, that same kind of, 
dynamic could start to take place and, you know, saying Pandozi or the Rutland or the kind of Kupri landmark, sort of the other kind of town centers that the city has kind of identified and established. When, when you guys are, so you're thinking long range uh, planning in Kelowna, right? That's kind of where, where your position is uh, with the city. Are you looking to other cities um, for inspiration? What, what, I mean, it's it's uh, like I don't know if there's other cities in Canada or outside of Canada that that Kelowna is looking to and thinking, okay, this is a good example of what we could become. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. I think it, it's hard to hard to find, you know, kind of a, a carbon copy of what um, what our kind of characteristics are and, and how they might kind of play out in a, a different different city. I think, you know, I think it's more like you take, you try to take some different elements or different bits and pieces, uh, whether it be sort of transportation or whether it be housing or whether it be um, parks and public space or something like that and sort of see what other cities maybe are doing and, and try to, and try to kind of inject some of that into your, your own plans and thinking, you know, like uh, there's a lot of interesting work going on in, in the U S um, these days around kind of, housing and 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 sort of trying to be a little bit more flexible around kind of uh how we can use kind of housing in you know traditionally kind of single family neighborhoods and so i think that, you know that that work i think has influenced the city of Cologne a little bit i think certainly you know tr- the transportation work that you know cities like you know vancouver victoria and you know kind of other cascadia cities and like portland and stuff like that i think has certainly influenced our our transportation team in a lot of ways like you know, we're, we're for a mid-sized city, fairly progressive in terms of, you know, bringing in like protected bike lanes and things like that, and, and really trying to create a, a kind of a grid in the the core of the city that can make it, you know, pretty easy and accessible for people to to kind of use cycling as a way to get around in the kind of the core of the city. So I think you know, for me, like as a planner, whenever I'm traveling, I'm always trying to kind of observe what's you know what other cities are up to and um, and and what can what can we kind of learn from that or you know just what's working in, in those places and, and what's not kind of thing. So I think for me, it's, um, it's more just kind of a perspective and kind of approach. And then, and then, yeah, sure. You're going to, you're always going to try to talk to talk to your other colleagues and other planners and in different regions and different municipalities and kind of see, see how things are working. I think we definitely, you know, sometimes do look to some of the other municipalities and kind of the Metro Vancouver area, probably outside of Vancouver, just given the fact that those are other kind of, municipalities who are maybe looking to kind of transform from a little bit more of a suburban kind of community into more of an urban place and, and kind of trying to reconcile and kind of navigate that change and in, in, in more of a quicker process, like, you know, the way that maybe kind of Surrey has done and um, and some of the other kind of more bedroom communities in the, in the metro area, I guess, and, and kind of transforming from being that kind of bedroom community to being more of its own center, I think. And so I think, you know, there's some similarities with Kelowna on that, but but I think it's uh, each city has its own kind of history and context, and so it's, it's challenging to to really kind of pigeonhole any any one place to another. But yeah, we're always kind of look, trying to learn from from other from other regions for sure. I, I'm just thinking about um, a, a, a complex like uh, One Water Street, where where quite a few of our clients actually bought, um, you know, really high end product, um, resort type amenities. 
uh, definitely catering to investors and, and, um, people that want to come in and summer in Kelowna. Um, how is, how is the city dealing with affordability and is, has that become an issue? Yeah, no, it's a good question for sure. I think, uh, certainly over the last, you know, five, five or six years, you know, we've seen a pretty, pretty substantial kind of run up in, uh, in housing prices within the, the Kelowna region, you know, in some ways, a bit of a challenge just of our, our own success in some ways and it become, you know, I think kind of Kelowna's gotten on the map as being a pretty attractive place, even more so than it was before. And, and, you know, in addition to tourism and in addition to maybe retirement folks, you know, other, you know, maybe seeing people from the lower mainland or, you know, Vancouver Island, you know, cashing out and, and, and moving here or buying investment things here. So I think certainly a big uh, push for the city of Kelowna has been to really try to focus on um, encouraging rental housing uh, has been one, one part of that. And to, to really try to encourage more of a, healthy supply of kind of purpose-built rental um, and also looking at ways we can kind of work with the province on more kind of affordable rental. Uh, I think that those would probably be two of the ways that we're, we're kind of trying to tackle it. And then I think probably the third is um, trying to get a little bit more creative around some of our uh, single family, uh, sort of more traditional single family neighborhoods that are closer to our downtown and closer to the core of the city and looking at how we can maybe, you know, encourage kind of fourplexes and things like that that are going to give, um, not necessarily that it's going to be affordable, but it's going to be a lot more kind of attainable for more kind of middle-income type households, and but still give some of that kind of ground-oriented housing options. So we had um, kind of a pilot project that uh, my colleague James Moore kind of led, and he uh, worked worked with kind of the local development community here and some of the neighbor, local neighborhood associations, and they've kind of piloted essentially kind of a fourplex type zone within a, within a you know pretty decent area of the the city. I think it was somewhere around seven or eight hundred lots or something like that, and essentially just pre-zoned that whole area for um, uh, RU7 zone, which would uh, would allow up to four units on a on an individual lot. So. You know things like that, and I, you know, we've seen pretty good, pretty good pickup on that um, over the last couple of years, and provides a lot more kind of housing diversity, I think, within our, within those neighborhoods that maybe would have traditionally just been, you know, one house or one house and a, a laneway house or one house and a secondary suite or something like that. But you can get kind of four units on an individual lot, but uh, sort of starts to get some some different options available for people because certainly the affordability is you know something that a lot of municipalities in BC are facing and uh, it's it's there's no silver bullet to it for sure it's you know there's there's roles for local government there's roles for federal and, and provincial and you know housing nonprofits and all sorts of groups so we're certainly trying to, to work with those those different partners and players but uh, I think you know the housing diversity and the, the rental housing are kind of two areas that we've kind of focused in on I would say and and in terms of of uh population projections do you guys have a sense like if you're looking out 15 20 30 years um what is Kelowna expecting in terms of of population growth we're working kind of to update our official community plan right now and uh we're kind of at this point some of our projections are looking at 
almost 180,000 in Kelowna by like the year 2040. So, you know, pretty, we're kind of probably high, high thirties right now in terms of, you know, 138, maybe 140 around there uh, today. And so, you know, pretty significant amount of, amount of growth. And I think we're, we're kind of envisioning a lot more of that starting to happen in um, kind of in our, in those kind of urban centers, those town centers, as well as kind of in our core, our, the kind of our more kind of core area neighborhoods through a lot more, trying to get more of that kind of missing middle housing to happen within those kind of core area neighborhoods. So I think, you know, the, as much as there's been the transformation over the last, you know, five years, I think, you know, looking out uh, the next 20, I think it's, it will be, it will be uh, just as much in terms of like the scale, but I think it'll be even more so kind of pushing the city forward in terms of that uh, transformation from being kind of a, a big little city to the sort of a small big city, you know? <laughs> right, right. Right. And, and you guys have been doing like, you've had a rental boom, right? There there's been uh, the last five years, like do you in, in the zoning and the kind of, it seems like Kelowna's at least from what I'm hearing here, you're on the same trajectory as a lot of people we talk to from the planning community where it's um, more density, more walkable uh, kind of, um, uh, less kind of car oriented communities. Do you guys feel right now like you're playing catch up or is it building out um, with an eye on, on, on future growth? Um, yeah, I think certainly, I think that, that kind of the, that vision of more kind of walkable um, kind of complete communities certainly is, is kind of at the center of what we're, we're trying to do. Um, I think with, the growth that we've seen, you know, certainly over the last five years, um, a lot of the projections that we're kind of looking forward to, you know, 2020 to 2040 um, around, you know, where we're going to see growth in terms of in our urban areas and what kind of form is it going to take more probably like apartments and townhouses and things like that. Um, You know, we've all, we've really, um, especially I would say over the last kind of three, three years, we've, I think we've already seen really those trends, um, already kind of starting to kind of hit the market. And, you know, part of that I think has been, you know, we've seen a ton, a ton of rental housing construction, um, you know, last year in 2019, I think we had about 1500 units kind of come, come online, uh, in terms of like, you know, purpose-built primary rental. And, uh, and a lot of that is happening in our, you know, in our urban centers, um, in kind of area, in areas where we want to see that growth growth happening, which is which is good to see. So I think, um, if anything, it's more about kind of how those trends will kind of continue, and then how can the city you know take steps maybe to support those trends, um, and maybe they kind of incrementally, you know, maybe those trends just kind of accentuate a little bit more over the the, the, the next twenty years of our of our long term plan kind of thing. But uh, but certainly. I don't think we're we're not we're not necessarily forcing something that's not already happening and there isn't already a demand and sort of a, an interest in the market already creating like you know you mentioned Mission Group and you mentioned One Water I mean you know One Water's certainly demonstrated that there is you know there's demand and there's a market for concrete condos in downtown Kelowna as well as you know Mission Group has done the same I think so 
uh, it'll be exciting to see um, kind of where that goes, uh, you know, the next 5, 10, 15 years from now, for sure. Even since I moved here in kind of 2014, 2015, I've seen that that trend um, kind of take off a lot more. So I think it's it's maybe a bit more just kind of proving out and uh, seeing that uh, that kind of demand for more urban living kind of take off within Kelowna, I think, is, right. is probably been really kind of one of the more exciting kind of trends to see as a, as a planner and somebody who likes cities and likes kind of, you know, kind of dynamic neighborhoods and, you know, places where you can kind of go and, and walk and explore and, and, you know, bump into a cool cafe or a cool restaurant or something like that. You know, that kind of experience is, I think, relatively new for, for Kelowna. You know, I think people ex- often associate Kelowna with, you know, driving down the highway and seeing the sort of strip, strip development along the highway. And I think, uh, you know, people who haven't been to Kelowna for a while, if they were able to come and explore the downtown or explore sort of the north end where some of the breweries are popping up or go check out, you know, Pandozi or, you know, some of these other neighborhoods that are, have really kind of seen a, a pretty, you know, substantial amount of development investment over the last five, six years. They'd be, I think they'd be pretty surprised at, at how much Kelowna has really changed and, and how much it's kind of identity is in some ways is kind of changing as a result of that. And, and, and which is, has its challenges, but it's, I think it's also uh, as a planner, I, I see the, the benefits of it. Has the city of Kelowna been able to um, leverage community amenity contributions with development? Mm, no, it, it's not uh, something that the city has, has necessarily had in its kind of toolbox over the last uh, five or six years. I think maybe prior to, the uh, sort of financial crisis and kind of 2000, 2007, 2008, 2009, kind of in there, uh, I think we did have, sort of before my time, we did have a bit of a community amenity contribution sort of density bonus program, um, but it was, the program was kind of shut down coming out of the financial crisis just in an effort to sort of spur investment. And um, so, you know, really over this last um development cycle in this last boom that we've had over the last five years or so, the city has not had a SEAC community mini contribution uh, program in place. And um, I think in, it's that there's benefits and drawbacks to that, I guess, in the sense right. that, you know, maybe some projects maybe gone, have probably gone forward that maybe wouldn't have. Um, um, but at the same time, maybe the city has, has potentially lost out in some, some value from that. But um certainly you know our we've seen a lot of dcc revenue that's come in over the last that last period of time and that's allowed us to you know acquire parks and build lots of bike lanes and um you know invest in a lot of kind of capital projects that uh, certainly have have benefited the city but yeah it's uh that's a something that the you know it's a political uh conversation too and and at this point in time the city hasn't hasn't taken the the approach of of prioritizing it. Right, right. I'm I'm also thinking like so. Do you have a specific city infrastructure project that you're that you're working on that you're really excited about, or even if you're not working on it, but just something that you're you're kind of watching, going like this is this is really exciting. Yeah, um, I mean the 
the Okanagan Rail Trail is a pretty cool project. I mean, it's kind of something that's that's really just kind of come to be in the last year or two. Uh, several years, several years ago, uh, the city of Kelowna, with some of the other kind of local governments in the region, uh, acquired the, an old sort of CN uh, rail corridor, and so now we've we've kind of been working with kind of Lake Country and um, Cold Stream sort of to the north and uh, repurposing that old corridor into uh, a rail trail that, you know, goes along some pretty spectacular uh, lakes along the way. And uh, so, I, you know, and now it's been sort of either paved or crusher dust. And, you know, you can, you can cycle for pretty long ways and kind of connects those different communities now. And uh, so that's, that's been pretty cool to see that all kind of come together. And so now you can, you know, you could cycle or, Hop on a hop on an e-scooter or something like that from downtown and get to the get to the airport in Kelowna on the on the rail trail probably in uh, no more than twenty five thirty five minutes probably if you if you're making good time I would say wow. so that's been that's been a pretty cool thing a piece of infrastructure and certainly has gotten gotten a lot of uh, a lot of use and and the city's looking more and more at, you know how we can kind of create parks that kind of link off of it and and improve access to it as a as kind of a real sort of spine that connects the downtown with the airport and also the downtown with with ubco which is uh, not that far from the airport as well and in terms of trying to to draw and sort of improve the connections with all, all the students and and faculty out uh, out there at ubco and, and in our downtown area so I think yeah I think that's certainly a project that that comes to mind and then I think you know there's certainly a number of other kind of park projects that are at different stages in our in our kind of urban centers that I think will be pretty transformative in terms of acting as that kind of catalyst for making those town centers places where are just that much more desirable to to kind of live and to to buy a apartment or a condo or rent a rent a unit, um, knowing that you've got that access to a, a nice neighborhood or community park and in, in terms of walking distance and things like that. So um, there's, you know, two or three of those that are kind of slated over the next five years that I think will be, um, could be real kind of game changers for, you know, helping to, to spur that transformation within our urban centers, uh, even more than we've seen over the last couple of years. So yeah, I think those are, those are a couple that come to mind. So, and just kind of going back, and, and forgive my ignorance on this, but the the urban tra- it's kind of like an urban trail that that runs through the city all all the way out to Lake Country. Is that right? Yeah, so it's it's called the Okanagan Rail Trail, and uh, it kind of starts pretty much right in the downtown at um, you know in the downtown by from Lake Okanagan, and then kind of weaves its way through the city to kind of the airport. And then I think at the airport, uh, I've mostly just ridden to surf to the airport, UPCO on it. Uh, but once you get to the airport, I think it's then it's crusher dust from there. And, but, uh, yeah, I can get to you all the way to sort of cold stream, uh, kind of Vernon Lake country, uh, out that way. And, uh, some really beautiful, uh, p- portions, especially as you go further North when you're kind of alongside, uh, Cal Lake and stuff like that. So it's some pretty cool spots. Wow. That's, that's phenomenal. Maybe just thinking about, I'm kind of interested in this long, the, the idea of the long range plan here. What, I mean, we're, we're coming to you from, we're all likely in basements or 
or different areas bunkers. where we're not usually doing the podcast. <laughs> Three separate bunkers here. Um, obviously, we're dealing with COVID-19. Uh, you know, one thing that struck me in the news lately, and not to get too bleak about things, but uh, I know Vancouver, since March 1st, we're like, you know, we've had a fifth of the rain that we usually have or something like that. Like, so there's the climate uh, issues as well. But but just in terms of a 15, 20, 30, 40 year plan here, like what what are some of the biggest and it could be other challenges as well. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts. What, what are some of the biggest challenges facing Kelowna? Yeah, it's uh, that's a big one. I don't know. It's a big question. I, I think, yeah. Certainly, I mean, certainly you're right. Like we, we do a report in our team in the policy and planning department each year where we, we kind of take different topics and kind of look at uh, how maybe they may impact our, our city and, and other cities kind of across Canada. And I think there's no shortage of, of big challenges kind of facing down municipalities and local government over the next, you know, 15, 20, 30 years. I think, you know, the some of the ones we've kind of looked at in, in more detail over the last couple of years have, have ranged from, you know, uh, the infrastructure challenge that, you know, cities are facing. Uh, you know, I know Kelowna has somewhere around a half a billion dollar kind of infrastructure deficit of unfunded, unfunded projects. And, um, you know, that's probably not going to get any smaller over the next couple of years. And, and, you know, municipalities all across Canada are kind of facing that. And at the same time, you know, the role of kind of infrastructure probably becomes more and more important as more people are living kind of more kind of urban or more kind of compactly, you know, that, that neighborhood park or that, you know, transit route or that, you know, rec center community center becomes that much more important if, you know, everybody doesn't have their own kind of private backyard and things like that. So I think certainly the infrastructure challenge is a big one for the city. And then we're trying to, you know, use different tools that we have on that and, looking creatively at, you know, how we can get more out of every sort of dollar that we invest in infrastructure, whether that's through partnerships or, you know, working with the development community or, um, you know, sort of progressive asset management and things like that. And then, and then certainly obviously, you know, the climate emergency and climate challenges is a, is a huge one as well. And, you know, Kelowna is kind of the, in some ways, kind of the land of land of climate change. Like in 2017, we had, we went straight from, huge freshet and flooding and pretty much from like a couple weeks later than we were into like wildfire season. Right. So it's, um, it's certainly, you know, the, I know our utility team is doing a lot of work to look at how we can kind of manage flooding and kind of freshet and kind of spring, spring rains and things like that a lot more, uh, more effectively using kind of green infrastructure and uh, creative use of park space and, expanding kind of the capacity of our creeks and things like that. So um, I think for Kelowna, it's, it's, yeah, I think climate change will probably be a, a big one and, and it will be a, a challenge that, you know, all, all communities in, in Canada will be facing. And, and certainly a lot of the, the strategies that we already have around thinking about, you know, more kind of complete and kind of walkable communities are, will I think generally be supportive and aligned with, you know, sort of that, more kind of a, a low carbon future where you've got more more people who can get around without without always having to get into their vehicle and maybe you've got you know a bit more of a neighborhood neighborhood structure that kind of works for that so i mean it's 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 a challenging one to look at that that far 
in the future and uh, and pull it out, pull out what exactly will be the, the like is who who saw who saw this this pandemic coming, right? I mean, I can think of yeah. a month and a half ago, and we were all kind of walking along like it was just like another year, right? And now, uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's it the our world is, seems to be changing at such a rapid pace; it's hard to hard to understand. But certainly, it seems like some of those issues are. Are going to be center lines probably of our of our of our of our world, and then the, who knows what else will pop up along the way. I guess like other challenges that will come along, similar to to what we're facing now with the COVID stuff. Well, may- maybe people will start taking Bill Gates a bit more seriously. I think. <laughs> What's that guy got to do to get some respect? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no he, kidding. <laughs> he, he did see it coming. Like, He's about the only one. Um, <laughs> well, well, and but just just following along the the lines of kind of um, you know uh, the city transforming very quickly and and definitely some challenges I think facing all cities uh, and and everyone else. Um, can can you speak a little bit? Like you've been there f- uh, five six years. The culture of the city, um, like, do you find? I know everyone thinks of Kelowna as a fairly young city that's kind of not necessarily reinventing itself, but changing pretty dramatically. Like, is the do you find like are there a lot of uh, is it kind of a f- fractured vision of of the future, or do you find everyone's kind of on board with kind of what we've been talking with today, or is it relatively in line uh, in terms of a united vision? Yeah, good question. Uh, I think it probably it probably depends on in terms of who you, who you ask, but uh, my sense, my sense at least, would be that um, I think a lot of people are pretty pretty happy with uh with kind of the direction that that things are going i think you know the the mayor and council pretty much all got i think everybody who did run got sort of reelected um when they last last ran so i think you know they were pretty clear about what their their kind of mandate is and what their direction was around you know supporting kind of more kind of urban urban development and, and, and the kind of densification. I think for a city like Kelowna um, and when you have sort of the, the pace of change that is so quickly, I think it is, there's sort of, there is always going to be a bit of a push and pull in terms of what's, what's kind of accepted and what's kind of tolerated and what's um, still seen as, kind of supportable from the community, I think. And so I think, you know, at times when, when, when certain projects are coming forward, uh, we definitely sometimes feel like there, there's, you're running up against that a little bit, but I think right. generally speaking, I think people, a lot of people are able to see the benefits that are, that are kind of coming with, with the development and with the growth that we've seen over the last five years. And I, you know, I, you know, I think you go down, you know, I mean, don't go, don't go downtown right now. Don't nobody come to Kelowna now, obviously, <laughs> but, uh, um, but you go down, you know, you go down, go downtown Kelowna in the summertime, you know, last year or, um, even in the fall and things like that. And, you know, it's, you can see it's, you know, the, there's businesses, the investments working, there's people coming downtown, people want to be downtown. So I think, you know, there's, I think there, there's a lot to be said for being able to 
kind of point to those examples and, and sort of say, yeah, like it's working, like we're seeing the change, it's it's happening. And, and there's certainly been challenges that have come along with that in terms of uh, some of the homelessness issues that the city's facing and, and certainly affordable affordability and affordable housing is a challenge. But I think, you know, generally speaking, you know, we are creating a, a more desirable and a more kind of livable city and, and hopefully that, you know, it continues, it can be a city that is continues to be sort of accessible and equitable for people uh, longer term. I think that's certainly a big, a big focus of the city, you know, looking, looking out in the future, but I think it's, uh, there's, there's enough of that kind of transformation that's happened while still creating some, some benefits and better quality of life and better infrastructure and better facilities for community members. So that, you know, that, that kind of bargain with growth is, is still, kind of supportable, I think. And so hopefully that, I think that's kind of the role of, of kind of the long range planning team is to try to help to manage that process and, and the development planning team as well, in terms of that we're still kind of seeing that growth come alongside with that support that exists from the community. And so I think that's a, it's a hard one to get a, a really clear handle on as to whether that, that is successful or not, but it's, I think so far the the experiment I think is still working on it. I think, and, and it's a that's a it's a big challenge I think for any city that's growing as, as quickly as Kelowna, um, and trying to really you know find ways that that growth is sort of seen as as a benefit as opposed to just people seem like they're losing something or that it's, they're being left behind or something like that. Right. Well, maybe we'll leave it there, but Ross, uh, we do have this uh, segment called The Five Wire, and we're hoping that you could stick around and uh, do the Kelowna edition with us today. Sounds good. Yeah, for sure. All right. So uh, question number one, what is your favorite neighborhood in Kelowna? Okay. I would probably, I would probably just say the downtown. I live, I live downtown. My wife and I bought a condo kind of downtown uh, a couple years ago now, and uh uh, it's been pretty, it's been a good, good, uh, good life move for sure. In terms of being able to, you know, do the 10, 15 minute walk to work each day and, uh, close to lots of the new restaurants and bars and coffee shops and stuff like that, that have been opening up. And so, yeah, for sure. I think, I think if people haven't been to Kelowna lately, uh, definitely recommend, uh, checking out the downtown and it's probably not the downtown that you last saw, I would say. You know what? There, there was just thinking about uh, we last time we were there, we sat at the Cactus Club there, right, like right downtown, and uh, it felt like Yale Town. It was unbelievable. It's, it's such a it was a good vibe for sure in the summer. Yeah, yeah, that's a good spot for sure. Yeah. What well, in in terms of favorite bar or restaurant, Ross? What where's your your post COVID first spot? <laughs> Uh, good question. Yeah, I would say a couple of good spots come to mind. I think in terms of like a more, more bar type spot, probably be a BNA is pretty cool. It's like an old kind of warehouse that's been converted, uh, into a kind of brew pub. And then upstairs they've got like a bowling alley. That's really cool. Uh, that they've totally kind of created out of nothing. Um, so yeah, I think BNA is probably w- would be up there for, if you want to go for, go for somewhere for some beers with friends. And then I think probably for a nicer restaurant, if you want to go for a special dinner, I'd say waterfront wines and, uh, 
and uh, Kelowna is uh, it's pretty tough to beat. And they're about you know about a ten fifteen minute walk just just north of downtown, north of kind of where you you guys were in that that kind of promenade area. Nice. That's uh, definitely going to check both those out uh, if, if we ever get out of this isolation. Um, <laughs> What what is one book that you would recommend to anyone listening? Uh, been actually been doing a little bit more reading lately. That's probably maybe one benefit of this whole uh, <laughs> this whole pandemic. Uh, you know, trying to minimize the screen time a bit. Uh, book that I got a couple years ago and then kind of started and then didn't finish was, uh, but I got the chance to finish it off. Is called uh, Imagining Upwards. Uh, so it's all about the kind of uh, development and planning and kind of history of uh, the Uplands neighborhood in Victoria and kind of the turn of the century and designed and planned by uh, this guy, John Olmsted. So he's kind of the nephew of uh, Frederick Law Olmsted, who was the guy who designed like Central Park and stuff like that. So uh, pretty cool, just early history of Victoria with some good kind of planning and kind of development um, scuttlebutt for Victoria uh, listeners. So, yeah, I, I kind of grew up in Victoria, so I always have a bit of interest, interest in Victoria neighborhoods and stuff like that. And was, uh, it was actually a book written by an old prof of mine from, from UVic. So, yeah, so it was cool. Oh, you're reading higher level stuff than... Uh, uh, here I am reading Archie comics. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> really? Why? Why? Why do I feel so guilty then? What? Uh, what's one piece of advice you would give your eighteen-year-old self? Oh, uh, that's hmm. Just relax and uh, enjoy enjoy where you are, and you know. I feel like sometimes when you're when you're younger, you kind of stress out about trying to are you doing the right thing? You're making the right decisions or you, you know, just, just enjoy the ride a little bit more and yeah, don't, uh, remember that, remember that, remember that you're just 18 and you're young and you know, things will, things will come together. You got lots of time to worry about, worry about the future. It'll, it'll present itself. Matt, I, I, I'd like to give you that advice as well. You're just 40. Just feel comfortable with those Archie books. <laughs> no judgment yeah no judgment over here You'll, oh I thought you said no jughead I was like no yeah. he's still around <laughs> okay jeez uh, what is what is something that you've bought in the last year or two for under a thousand dollars that's had that's that's changed your life or had a positive impact on your life boy uh, I was just thinking about this this morning because you guys Sent, the, sent some of these questions over last night and uh, thinking that I am spending an inordinate amount of time on my foam roller these days, I think. So uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think I'm going to go for the foam roller. Definitely well below the $1,000, but uh, it's, uh, it's giving me uh, some good relief in this uh, not-so-ergonomically correct COVID world. <laughs> That's, that's 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 actually that's that's one of the best ones I think we've had. Uh, the foam shout out to the foam <laughs> roller. <a> first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
so uh, Ross, how can people find out more about you and what you guys are doing at the uh, at the city of Kelowna? Yeah, good question. Uh, I would say uh, certainly check out um, check out the city of Kelowna's website, uh, and if you want to look at the annual housing report, it gives uh, we just kind of released that and uh what seems like ages ago now in uh in early march and that gives a good sort of uh wrap up and summary of kind of what happened in our housing market in uh in 2019 and uh uh, there's yeah no shortage of info on our website just about our uh, what's going on with our official community plan and stuff like that and then um I mean, I'm on Twitter, but not not super active. But uh, Ross Sowers is there, so yeah. Just uh, I think yeah, probably keep an eye on uh, on different sort of reports that we're putting out in the city of Kelowna, and uh, as we continue to encourage the kind of our growth and kind of transformation in uh, in Kelowna here, and uh, as the region keeps to keeps changing very quickly. I was just going to say, I, I did uh, look at your, uh, well, Adam and I looked at the annual housing report and it's, uh, no, there's there's no doubt it's been an exciting last couple of years in Kelowna and it looks like uh, it, it's going to continue as far as I can tell. Yeah, and we'll, we'll link to that report as well on our site. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's been great having you on, Ross. We really appreciate the time today and uh, yeah, uh, stay safe. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice to talk to you guys. And, uh, yeah, hopes, hope all is well in your, uh, your worlds and, uh, yeah, maybe talk to you again sometime. Absolutely. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Ross Soward from the city of Kelowna. Really enjoyed that conversation. And Matt, we, we should have said at the beginning, but that was kind of deep in the COVID early days when we had that conversation with Ross. Yeah. You know what? I think we're, we're in a better place now. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure certainly. where we were. I'm, I'm trying to remember back to that interview. And if I said anything, like if I gave some just random predictions about how I thought this was going to last till <laughs> 2022 how, how, or how the end of April would play out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have no idea, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to listen back to this one secret. If you're out there, make the necessary edits. <laughs> <laughs> But what else do we have before we uh, cut for the day, Matt? Okay, so what else do we have? We have a lot of people reaching out now. I, I feel like with these uh, restrictions easing, people are kind of looking to get their finger back on the pulse. The best place to do that is VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We have tons of resources over there. We have the back catalog. We got new episodes. We got things like the live wire. We also have our real estate research tool, Private Client Services. Yeah, Matt, and if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor-level information at your fingertips. It's free. It's the best resource for searching for real estate in Vancouver. And I just want to make a quick note here that we are also doing comparative market analyses for people. If you want to reach out and find out what your property is worth, whether it's a your principal residence or your revenue property. We are happy to help right now. Obviously, we're in interesting times with COVID. If you just want an update, reach out. We will run the numbers for you and let you know where you're at. And uh, I feel like May Long might be kind of a bookend to how people That's are how thinking uh, about real estate because I'm having a lot of conversations with people that are saying, you know what, we're going we're gonna to hold tight for May Long. We're going to enjoy the long weekend, but then we want to get going right after. Yeah, I think you're right about that, Adam. Uh, that's the way I'm feeling too. And, and having a lot of calls this week, uh, that basically suggests the same. Livewire, 
That's our weekly emailer. If yes. you want to just keep up to date with stats and everything else, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We are hiring. We're looking for agents, new agents, aspiring agents, close to being new agents, seasoned agents. Uh, and we're also looking for an administrator. So that is info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Once again, with a resume and thank you for everyone who's reached out. Yeah. And, and, and Matt, let's, let's just reiterate from last week. We'd love to keep this in the VREP community. If anybody knows anybody that they think would be a great fit or anybody that's had some employment challenges over this COVID period that might be looking for new work, please do share this with your friends and family. Um, we'd love to, we'd love for it to be a VREPer. Absolutely. And if you want to talk about that, the community, real estate or anything else, give me a shout, 778-847-2854 or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We also got that secret line, info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And you know, everybody's making predictions right now about, um, you know, what the next six months, year, two years look like, right. how, how the world's going to change and look differently on the other end. And uh, one thing's for sure, Secret might not get out of that basement. Yeah. And also, it, I'm just going to be living life a lot fatter. <laughs> that's a, there's a, there's I don't know that if that's a prediction. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just now carrying around an extra 15 pounds. Have a good week, guys. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah, you know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the and way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations, and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. 
if you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020.